BP Nation, what is up, guys? We are back on the podcast, and this week we have a special guest. We are sitting down with Arielle Bloom. Arielle is the founder and CEO of Navigating Nutrition. She is a functional nutrition and mindset coach who helps busy entrepreneurs and high performers feel great so that they can perform better in every area of their lives. How fucking cool is that? Now, Arielle is also a regenerative rancher. I know, I didn't know what the hell that meant either, but we dive into it in the episode, so tune in for that. So she currently lives on a ranch or a farm in Texas, raising livestock, creating this self-sustaining system. It's super, super cool. Ariel just has a wealth of knowledge and experience when it comes to fitness, nutrition, obviously regenerate, <laughs> regenerative ranching, and so I really hope you guys enjoy this episode, that you take something from it. It was an awesome conversation, and without further ado... Let's get into the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is episode number 87, and we are here with a special guest today. We are here with Ariel Bloom. Ariel, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, why don't you take a second and just tell anyone who doesn't know who you are a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Oh my gosh. Hi. Uh, <laughs> my name's Arielle, and I'm a functional nutrition and mindset coach, and I help high-performing people, mainly women, reprioritize their health and avoid burnout. So that is a little bit about me and what I do, and there is a very long story behind where I am and why I am here now. Um but I'll give you kind of like Cliff Notes version. I struggled for almost my entire life with a lot of body image, body dysmorphia things, and frankly, disordered eating until I started really taking personal responsibility for my health. And as I started to dive deeper into that, and as I started to go deeper into my own personal development journey. I found a lot of strength in empowering other people. So that is why I am where I am now. I, I've found so much joy and so much excitement in watching other people step into their power that I committed to making a business out of it. So that's why I do what I do. I love that. That's so awesome. It's so inspiring. <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to have some kind of comment there. Crying. It's fine. <laughs> Same. I was just happy I said Ariel and not Ariel. Yeah. That was my that was my big whew, <laughs> sigh of relief. It's you so get that funny. A lot? People get so well, people get so um concerned about it. And I'm like, I love hearing people say things differently. I love everybody's um the way that people have different inflictions and in the things that they say. I've always been obsessed with it. I think that language is fascinating. So whenever people are like, oh, well, how do you say your name? I'm like, however you want to say it, I will love because it's coming from you. Like that's, it's the that. coolest thing to me. And and I know I understand people get very um, defensive about their names, but I'm just kind of like, however it's going to come out, it's going to come out and I'm going to love it no matter what. <laughs> that's so awesome. I feel like you and Ashley would just have way too much fun together and get along way too well because you're too similar. Agreed. So I might just have to take a step back and let you two carry the conversation. Uh, but no, that's so awesome. This is girl and, time. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Uh, no, but that's incredible. And uh, I love your story. I've obviously listened to you on a couple other podcasts, getting prepared for this one. Uh, and like you said, you kind of gave the cliff note version there, which is perfect. So kind of uh, backtracking just a little bit, getting into, you know, before we get into present day would be you were coaching in person before this, right? You got into, into maybe it was personal training first and then CrossFit, but just talk a little bit about that and how you got eventually linked in with NC Fit and that sort of journey there. Maybe another cliff notes version, yeah. if you will. Sure. Yeah, because that's a long story too. Um, <laughs> so I I did, I, I started my fitness career in personal training. It was kind of like the thing that made me enjoy college the most was I got to work at the gym. I got to always see people. Um, frankly, I had two personal training clients my entire college career. So I don't know what they were paying me for, but I worked there and 
as I started getting into functional fitness and CrossFit, I started to see the really profound difference it made in people's lives. And it was not just people that were just looking for something to do competitively. It was like the mom who had only run marathons in her life and was coming in because her knees couldn't take it anymore and she needed to find something else to do. And the joy that I brought her. And I'm like thinking of, I have like four or five different members from my first CrossFit gym ever just like plastered in my brain because they're such amazing humans and the transformations that they made, they've just stuck with me for so long. And so that was really what made me fall in love with coaching. It was watching people flourish and watching people really just come into their own in ways that they didn't think that they could. So that was always the driver for me. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I said, I was in college when I started coaching and I really did feel a little bit lost. So when I fell into coaching, it felt just like the one guiding light that I had. And I kind of pursued that blindly um, where I was in school to be a physical therapist. And I just kind of really quickly made a pivot of, you know what, I think I'd rather coach for my entire life. So I'm not going to continue this program. And instead I went into physical education. So that was kind of like my bridge. Um, but truthfully it was just so that I could finish school faster so that I could work faster. And as I started coaching more, I realized that there was so much opportunity elsewhere. Um, I grew up on Long Island in New York and where at that time, CrossFit had just kind of started turning, like gyms were starting to open in um, New York on Long Island specifically. And it wasn't like a, you couldn't make a career unless you owned a gym at that point. So it became really clear to me that I had to go somewhere else if I wanted to make it a career, unless I wanted to open my own gym, which I, I didn't. I wanted to be able to coach, but I didn't want at that point to own something. What year was so that? So I, that was 20, so I started coaching in 2013, but this was in 2016 that I decided that this was like what was going to happen. Gotcha. When you said that gyms weren't really like you couldn't make a living unless you were owning the gym. I figured it was somewhere yeah. around that like 2012, 13, 14 ish range. Cause that's when it really started to pick up. Yeah. 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 And on Long Island, like there were a bunch of gyms that opened at that time. So you could coach a bunch, but you couldn't make it a full-time job yet. That just wasn't, unless you were the owner, you couldn't do it. And most of the owners of these gyms had other jobs also. So when I decided that it was something I wanted to do as my career full-time, I took a really hard look at where that would be a possibility. And of course I landed on California because <laughs> that makes sense, right? So I was like, okay, well, CrossFit was born in California. There's definitely gyms out there where I can make a living doing this. And so I set my sights on that. And as I graduated college, I just kind of made this split second decision that that's where I had to be. And I wasn't going to take any other answer for that. So I moved across country, started interning at a CrossFit gym, and it did not end up after I finished that internship, I wasn't presented a full-time job, which like surprise, surprise, doesn't usually happen anyway. So having already known that that would be a possibility, I was kind of like, okay, well, I have all this great experience now. I've started multiple kids programs at this point. So maybe I can find another space to go. I was like, but in the meantime, I'm going to continue working here. And that's when I met my husband and he lived in Northern California at the time. So I was like, all right, well, maybe there's a sign from the universe that I should go move up to Northern California. So I made that move. And I started working at a gym up there and it wasn't what I was looking for. It was just, um, it was the same, a little bit of the same. And it was a lot more personal training focused. And I wanted that group feel. And so as I was kind of in this transition period of, okay, well, this is still not necessarily what I want, but I know I'm getting closer. I was refining it. I was figuring it out. I was kind of narrowing down, um, you know, like where I wanted to be, what I wanted to do, who I wanted to help. And as I'm starting to dive deeper and understand this more, this, this opportunity came up with MC Fit, and it was not in one of their commercial gyms. It was actually 
not something that they had done before, but it was managing a corporate wellness center for um, a business campus. And it was the campus where um, Lucasfilm had their offices. So it was a super cool opportunity. I was not really um, like a big Star Wars geek before this, but as I started working there, I became more um, <laughs> obsessed. But, but yeah, so it was kind of like not not what I thought I was looking for originally, but it was with a company that I knew was a, a company aligned with my values. And it was something that looked like such a cool opportunity. I was going to be in such a beautiful place. I had this opportunity to grow a team. It was all of these things that I wanted. So while it didn't look like a traditional CrossFit coaching space, like it was not a CrossFit gym, it was like hotel gym. I called it the glorified hotel gym because it was really pretty, really nice equipment, but it was not a CrossFit gym. Um, so I took that job and that was the start of my time with NC Fit. And as soon as I took that job, like a month later, they offered me a full-time position. So it was kind of, I, I say like literally the universe just made it all happen because I was just willing to release the expectation of what that looked like. So that's the um, long story longer. <laughs> I was going to say, if that's the cliff notes, I, I'm glad I didn't ask you for the full deal. You don't want the full deal. I promise there's a lot of things that happen in between all of those little things. Oh, yeah. It's it's crazy how one move leads to the next thing. and It's that domino effect. And in retrospect, you can see it all. But during, in the moment, you're just thinking, what the fuck is going on? You're, you're just like Literally. lost in the sauce. Yeah. That's exactly. the perfect explanation, lost in the sauce. Uh, and so let me ask you this, because I was very similar, like in undergrad to what you explained, I was going through, my intent was to go to PT school or PA school. And so I was taking all of those prereqs and doing that whole deal. My undergrad was exercise science. And then I found CrossFit in 2012 and the exact same thing happened. I immediately fell in love, like that light bulb moment that we all get of like, holy shit, I've read all these textbooks and that that's all like garbage. Like this level one manual is it. <laughs> and I, I did the same thing. I just like dropped every prereq I didn't need and just decided, okay, I'm going to coach full time. Like I didn't even have a level one yet. I was just like, this is it. I'm going to coach. And, uh, and I was just like obsessed, you know, and I thought that was what I was going to do my entire life. I loved it so much. Was it like a similar moment for you or just like this is it personal training is shit like <laughs> this is where it's at <laughs> yes and it's so funny i was laughing because i had the exact same moment i remember i was sitting in one of my classes for um kinesiology and i'm sitting there and i'm like well all of this theoretically makes sense <laughs> however what i'm also learning with like all of my other classes in exercise science made no sense because I was like, well, this is not what I learned. And what I learned in my CrossFit level one made way, more, way, made way more sense than this. You tell I'm like getting so wrapped up in it. But I remember sitting there in one of my classes and my teacher must have hated me because I was <laughs> always the person challenging things. Like, wait a second. I thought that this was better or this was better. And they're like, listen, this is like years and years and years of science. Like, just leave me alone and just listen yeah. and learn what you're supposed to learn. And I just remember being like, this is wrong. This is all wrong. And I, there's a better way. And now That's looking so back, funny. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Looking back, I'm like, okay, it's not necessarily wrong. There were definitely things that I think I, in the moment was a little bit immature to realize, but there was a lot that was yeah. backwards. It does that to you, though. I I did the same thing yeah. even in grad school. Like six years into it, I was challenging a professor. I was like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about with that RPE scale, but that shit is lame. <laughs> like, and that I would just get bullshit. in her. Yeah, I would get in her face. And Ashley, that's how we met. So we were in class together and she would be like, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's I just you got you get so passionate about it. You get wrapped up in it. But yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and so if you thought that was going to be the ticket, right? Like you thought, okay, I love group coaching. Now I'm with this amazing company, NC Fit. They're a huge company, even at that time. You know, where where was the, the turning point or what was the catalyst to you thinking there's another way to do this? Or there's something that I've now discovered that I'm even more passionate about or want to pursue? Okay. So 
This is a big one because this was a lot more on the personal journey side. Like I knew as from a career standpoint that I wanted to coach and I knew that it was, it was the, the driving force behind a lot of my purpose, but it wasn't until I ran into, or I had to really confront a lot of my own health issues that nutrition became a really obvious thing that I needed to do. And I say needed because from a very yeah, like really like when I started my fitness journey, when I started understanding how food and movement affect your body, that starting place for me, there was no one at that time that was providing support for women specifically and young women at that fact to do things in a healthy way. And I think for me, I never played sports when I was, I mean, I played sports when I was younger, but I was not good at them. I didn't consider myself athletic. I was a theater kid. So there was a lot of just a lot that I didn't know. And I didn't understand about food, about fueling my body, about how you were supposed to feel versus what wasn't really normal. And once I started to dive a lot deeper and I, like I said, I had to confront my own health things that were coming up from not eating enough, from manipulating the food that I was eating to make it fit a mold so that I could maybe make myself smaller. All of those pieces turned into really hard things to navigate later in life. And it wasn't until I really started learning about those things that it made it really evident that that was where I could make the most impact. Like, yes, I was making a ton of impact coaching. I was having so much fun and I was empowering people to move and I was, you know, making sure it was the best hour of their day. But it became really apparent to me that the other 23 hours were more important. So I started coaching nutrition, just like very small scale. I worked with one or two clients at first and just kind of started to like fine tune it. And, you know, I started like full disclosure, I started macro coaching. Like it was, I had this one client and I love her to death and I would meet with her every week and I would go over her macros with her. And it was like, literally, that's all I knew how to do. I knew how to teach someone how to count their macros. And I knew how to teach them how to log their food. And so that's what I did at first until I started learning more. And it wasn't really until like 2019 that that started to pick up and then 2020 happened and everything shut down. And once my job became, there's a little bit of backstory, but my job ended up falling through. So we had moved down to San Diego. We were supposed to do this project with LA Fitness. It was a partnership and I was supposed to work in that gym. And I was spearheading a program to um, bring functional fitness into LA Fitness gyms. And it was partnership with NC Fit and LA Fitness. It was gonna be this whole thing. And then everything shut down. So that didn't happen. And when that didn't happen, I had a lot of time on my hands. And as a type A high achiever, having a lot of time does not bode well if you have nothing to fill that time with. So I just dove a lot deeper into, okay, how can I make more impact for people? I can't coach right now and that's okay, but what else can I do? So my business that I already had ended up being the best option. And so I just started learning more and I started to share what I was learning with people that wanted to listen. And my coaching evolved to be so much less about how to count your macros and turned into how do you actually use food as a fuel and to nourish your body. So that's where I am now. That's awesome. And when you made that shift to away from macro coaching to more of this holistic approach, I know we've had this experience and I'm sure many nutrition coaches have and, and trainers as well. Was that coming from education, like the research you were doing on your own and what you were learning, or did that come more from actual conversations with your clients and realizing like, holy shit, these people don't need to know how to, how many carbs they need to eat. They need to know like 
that they should sleep seven to nine hours a night and that they need to drink water. And it was the more basic holistic things that you started seeing as huge pain points for everybody. So it was a little bit of both because as I was learning more about myself and what I needed on my healing journey, I realized that more people needed that than they needed to learn how to count their macros. But then on the flip side of that, it was seeing that even if my clients were counting their macros and they were trying really hard to do all of the things, it didn't mean anything if they weren't prioritizing sleeping and stress management and their relationship with food. So it was a little bit of like seeing how much it had an impact on me personally and also seeing the fact that it wasn't doing shit because they weren't it was just one piece of the puzzle that like they were trying to fill in the center or like that little corner of a puzzle where they needed to start with the corners. They needed to start with the base. So yeah, it just was a mix of the two. I, I couldn't ignore either of them at that point. Yeah. I love that analogy of the puzzle because you're literally a psychopath. If you start in the center of the puzzle and work your way out, if you don't construct <laughs> yeah. the border That's first, the, the you're worst. literally a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's a terrible strategy. And I also just came up with that. So thank you for that. Um, hey, coin, it, we want a royalty on that. Okay, fair. <laughs> Deal. Uh, no, but that's awesome. And I, like I said, we had that same experience, I think, probably from your perspective, Ash, because you handle more of the nutrition. Like it was probably the same way, a little bit of both. But definitely when you noticed the more people you worked with, the more that started to come up. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's definitely. I feel like nutrition and like the macro side of things is such a small part and people don't when I get on these consult calls and I tell them things that we talk about every single week like stress management our sleep routines they're like we talk about that every week I'm like yeah because it is that important you can only do so much if you focus on nutrition only or macros only and it's definitely, I think it's shifting more and more to like having that so important, which is really cool to see. Because when we first started coaching, it was more like macros and like macro coaching. Here you go. And so I think it's really cool yeah. to just, I don't know if it's because we weren't in the space as much, but I feel like more and more people are talking about it, which is cool. Yeah, For sure. Definitely. I think it's one of those things People like haven't, um, I think because of when CrossFit started, people are now feeling those effects. They're now seeing like, okay, what's working maybe in like the bodybuilding space isn't working here. And now we're starting to kind of make the shift because we're noticing that it's just catching up with us. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I always say this all the time as well. When CrossFit first really started to catch fire, like we said in 2012, 13, 14, it was so, even at that time, still so radical. And the stimulus was so different from what everybody was doing in Globo Gym that the nutrition was kind of like the afterthought because you everybody was seeing results and adaptations just from I, the fitness because it was so different. And so it was just kind of like, hell yeah, I'm looking better naked now. I, I, we'll put nutrition on the back burner, you know? <laughs> yeah. But totally. uh, yeah, and I think what Ash was just saying will probably lead us, we'll eventually get to it, but having those same conversations over and over is probably what eventually helped you kind of get the idea of what is now navigating nutrition, right, in, the, in some of your offerings there, because you're having that same conversation over and over again. Uh, but so present day, navigating nutrition is, is your company. Uh, kind of take us through yeah. what that looks like. What's your mission? What are your primary offerings? Uh, and a little bit of those details. Yeah. So Navigating Nutrition has made quite a, um, quite a shift. It has definitely evolved, but it now is mostly like my signature offering aside from one-on-one -on -one coaching is a women's group coaching course. And it's 12 weeks and it dives really deep into your relationship with food because that piece I've found in experience just makes the world of difference because it doesn't matter if you know how to count your macros. It doesn't matter if you know what to eat. If you're not doing it, there's a reason. And I always talk about, um, you know, we feel resistance for two reasons. Either 
we're being challenged to grow and adapt and evolve, or we're not aligned with the, the why of what we're doing, the change that we're trying to make. And through navigating nutrition and through being able to identify where the resistance comes from or what the relationship is, it allows women to not only have a healthier relationship with food, but also with their body. And that I found has made the world of difference for people because you can, it's absolutely possible to love yourself and want to optimize your body composition. But if you're trying to do it from a place of hate, if you're trying to do it from a place of fear, it will never happen. Because even if you do get to your lowest weight, and I'm speaking from experience, if you do get there, you still won't be happy with it because it's not coming from a place of self-love. It's coming from a place of self-hate. And so that is the biggest piece of navigating nutrition is working on that relationship. But we also, because I'm such a teacher at heart, um, we go through how to use your macros, how to track them, how to do it in a way that doesn't feel restrictive, and also how to live your life without tracking your food. I don't love the term intuitive eating because I think it's a little bit misleading, but we go through how to listen to your body and how to be present and conscious so that you don't have to track your food forever because I'm a firm believer that you shouldn't. I think that it's, it's one thing that gets a little bit misconstrued. Like, yes, it's a great tool, but it's not the only one. So we dive into the tools so that you can develop them for your own toolbox and then you know how to use them. Yeah, I love that. I mean, we literally preach the exact same message in terms of tracking food to all of our audience and all of our clients because we always say no one wants to be the 70-year-old that is like carrying the fucking travel food scale in their purse or in their backpack and having to pre-log all their food. Like you shouldn't have to do that your whole life. No one wants to do that their whole life. It's all about figuring out and understanding those things, implementing those strategies and those that application and then being able to take that and modify it into, all right, this is how I eat on a normal basis. I don't need to track my food. I understand what moderate and appropriate portions are of protein, carbs, and fat. And uh, I think you're right. I think that's something that gets misconstrued a lot and people get, I mean, Ash has gone through this, even with your kind of personal nutrition journey, you can get so transfixed on the numbers and my fitness pal starts to govern your whole life. (laughs) Yeah. 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 How many times have you eaten like a Franken meal just because that's what fit into the box? Yes, that's exactly. I've even, I've had that conversation with clients in the past because of my journey as well. And I'm like, if there's ever a point where you feel like, like stressed or anxious because the numbers aren't hitting perfectly, like I want you to untrack. I want you to go out to eat and eat whatever you want. And I'm like, that's your goal for this week. Because it's so important that you don't have to feel like you have to be perfect and rely on my fitness pal. Like life is way too short to be doing that. <laughs> well, and if yes. you don't have that individual there with you, like I always, we always shared the story. I saw it happening to Ash. You know, I could see her starting to get more mm-hmm. and more obsessed with the numbers and, and my fitness pal, just the perfection of hitting the macros. And I had already been there and done that back when like zone was a thing in CrossFit. And so I recognized it right away. Right. And so I told her, I remember one day in the kitchen, I literally just said to you, like, you need to stop. You need to to quit working with the company you're working with and just delete my fitness pal. Yeah. But there's people that don't have that person there looking out for them. And then it's a slippery slope and it goes fast. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing too, is like, I was there too. And I, here's the thing. I had someone telling me to stop. I had someone saying like, Hey, maybe this is not really a good relationship. And sometimes it takes someone outside of your home to tell you. So even if you have that in your home, sometimes it does, like it's the same thing with burnout. Like I fully recognize the fact that I had to hit rock bottom like five times before I started listening to myself. So yes, my goal is to try and catch you before you hit rock bottom before you burn out. I'm also recognizing the fact that as a high achiever, you're probably going to get there yourself and we're going to be there to help you get navigate the world out of it. But it's true. Like it's so easy to get wrapped up in the number because we're perfectionists. We like Mm -hmm. to find 
the, we like the round number. We like the guidance. It's all feedback. And it get it does, it gets dangerous when it becomes this, this thing that's an obsession rather than a fascination. Absolutely. And I've I, literally Ash is just over here, like nodding, like, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. I know. Yes. Now you realize like no one can see me. I'm like, yes. Yep. <laughs> So all, all that said, you mentioned that the 12 week course is a big offering years of one-on-one coaching through all of that. I know that you talk a lot about, or at least previously the four pillars of health. Is that still a big component of what you've got oh, yeah. going on with navigating nutrition? Perfect. So yes. that being said, I thought we could dive into those a little bit and explain why you picked those, what are general recommendations and just kind of dissect those so that all of anybody listening has some practical knowledge they can take away as opposed to us just sitting here as three coaches kind of jamming out on Mm -hmm. everything that we do to try and help people. Like let's actually give them something. So, uh, with the four pillars, what we've got sleep, hydration, movement, and nutrition, correct? Yep. Mm -hmm. Boom. And so yeah, I did my homework (laughs) and, uh, so if we go through each of those, why don't you like, why don't we start with sleep and we'll just kind of go down the list, but what, what's the general recommendation that you're giving your audience with sleep and maybe a little bit about why. Mm -hmm. So let's go why first. So when you sleep, a ton of different processes happen. One of them being your brain converts short-term memory into long-term memory. This is where all of your processing is done. It's also where your body recovers from trauma. So that can be um, acute trauma, like if you are working out and you are sore, this is where your body repairs the muscle. So that's where you get stronger. It can also be like if you had an accident where if you maybe you fell or maybe you twisted your ankle, that's where your body is able to recover from that stress. It also is where your body is given the time to be in a parasympathetic state, and that's your rest and digest state. If you don't get there, your body is constantly producing cortisol and adrenaline. Those are your stress hormones. So sleep is, as you can tell, super important for everything, but especially if you're trying to perform better, whether it be in the gym or if you're trying to build a business or, you know, raise a family. All of these things are stressors and they're things that you can't recover or process if you are not sleeping. So the National Sleep Foundation recommends seven to nine hours of sleep nightly, but we get a little stuck in that's not just time in bed, that's time that you are actually asleep. So you may actually need to be in bed a little bit longer. The other part of that is more time in bed isn't necessarily better if it's poor quality sleep. So yes, the recommendation is seven to nine hours, but that's seven to nine hours of quality sleep. And how do you get quality sleep? There's a few different ways. You can make sure the room is completely dark. So I like to say um, blackout curtains are a really great investment. You can get them on Amazon. And then covering lights. So this one is super, super important because if you have an alarm clock, like an old school alarm clock, or if you have the air conditioner, or if you have a noise machine, whatever it is, the little lights, if you have the Wi-Fi router in your room um, or your TV is in your room, those little lights stimulate your brain to continue working. And our skin is actually a receptor for light. So if you, even if your eyes are closed, your skin is still absorbing and processing light, um, which is insane. When I found that out, I was mind blown. I was so covering say- those lights. I did not know that. And my, I'm, we're laughing here because my sister, when she, when she comes to visit us, she literally, she'll take, um, like rags. What are they called? Washcloths. Washcloths. And literally put them over the smallest light. And like, I I looked at her, I'm like, why, why? But now I'm going to call her right after this and be like, keep doing it, Shan. Keep doing it. It's literally the most annoying thing of all time. No, there are rags all over our house. Everything has a towel on it. That's super interesting though. I did not know that about like your skin Mm -hmm. and being that sensitive to, uh, light. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's a huge thing. And so many people like, think of how many devices you have in your room. Think of how many people are scrolling on their phone in bed. 
So your body is just taking in all of that light. Um, so it is really important to just make sure the room is completely dark. Another thing you can do, and I just mentioned it with your phone, but put your phone on the other side of the room. There's, um, there's some people that get a little bit in the weeds and like the biohacking community is into like, um, the EMF exposure. So the electromagnetic frequency that comes out of your phone that I'm like, not as concerned with because that's, I don't want to go into that rabbit hole, but like the light. Yeah. I'm, you know, (laughs) and I'm okay with some foo-foo stuff, but like sometimes I'm just like, okay, it's enough. But the, the, first of all, the blue light from your screens affects your brain, right? Like your body is still producing cortisol because you're now trying to, um, the blue light is stimulating your brain processing, but then the content on your phone is also stimulating your brain to process. So it doesn't matter if it's um, Golden Girls replays or if it's like NPR, your brain is still processing it. It doesn't, it literally doesn't matter what the information is, what the content is. So those, those two are probably the biggest things that make the most difference for most people. I got to ask, why did you pick Golden Girls? Is that your go-to show? Because now I'm just concerned. Literally? (laughs) No. What? Well, first of all, Golden Girls is great. Second, it's literally the first thing that popped into my head, and I have no explanation for why. (laughs) I'll take your word for it. It's still concerning. I've never seen it. (laughs) I never have either. (laughs) That is more concerning. You need to go watch. If, If this is one thing that you take away from today, you have to go watch Golden Girls. If I get any DMs about how great Golden Girls is, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw my phone out the window. Okay, awesome. So back on track. Sleep, yeah, true. Sleep is important. We covered that. Uh, going on to the next one. What was the second one I said? I think hydration. So let's dive into hydration here. No pun intended. Oh yeah. Okay. So let's dive in. Um, so your body is made up of almost 60% water. That means that, well, actually, so 60% of your body is made up of water, right? 92% of that, your body cannot produce. So that means we produce 8% of the water that we get. The other 92% has to be taken in from the beverages that we drink and then the foods that we eat. Problem is that it's not just water. And the reason being is because water on its own, yes, helps to improve our blood viscosity. So it makes it not as thick, but when we don't have adequate electrolytes as well as water content in our body, we're not able to transport nutrients in and out of our cells. We're not able to support proper cell structure in our body. So these minerals, which are what electrolytes are, they allow all of these processes to happen. So they're like the little spark plugs that let all of these different functions occur in our body. If we have too much water, not enough electrolytes, we run the risk of overhydrating, which is like essentially when our organs are drowning. Not a fun thing to think about. If you are not balancing, if you have not enough water and not enough electrolytes, you also run the risk of being dehydrated. And some forms of dehydration that are super common are headaches or migraines, feeling super tired, um, feeling low back pain. Like if you have chronic low back pain or chronic joint pain, it is a very big possibility that you are chronically dehydrated. And then some other things are being super thirsty all the time or not being thirsty at all. So if you are not adequately balancing these things, think of all of the functions in your body that aren't getting the nutrients, the resources that they need. And think of all of the like discomfort you're subjecting yourself to just because you're not balancing those things. So getting adequate hydration looks like drinking half your body weight, at least in ounces of water daily. um, And also balancing that with the electrolytes, sodium, potassium, and magnesium. The need for those is different depending on the person, but usually you want to at least look for um, a high quality electrolyte supplement that has all three of those in it. 
usually if you find an electrolyte supplement, it will have all three um, in a pretty good quantity. I can't really give you a number because it does depend on the person, but um, I know that Element, their um, Elemental Labs is their business name, I guess. Um, they have a really good high quality electrolyte supplement that has those three ingredients and nothing else. They have stevia in it, but that's the only ingredients. There's no fillers, there's no um, added sugar. So that's a good option. If you don't know where to start, I always suggest starting there. Love it. Anything to add there, Ash? I don't think so. We literally just did an office hours with our clients. Yeah. It literally sounded like you were reading off the slides that we made for them. And we were just, <laughs> just pushing that. them over. Yeah, perfect. Perfect uh, transition there. So drinking half your body weight in ounces per day, sleeping seven, nine hours. And then in terms of movement, what does that look like at mm -hmm. for you and at Navigating Nutrition? Yeah. So when I talk about movement, I'm not actually referring to the workout that you're doing. I'm talking about like all of the other movement that you're getting throughout your day. Because yes, that workout is important and we know that but chances are you've already got that covered. It's actually the other 23 hours of your day that really could probably use some addressing. So I talk a lot about your NEAT, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, just a really long way of saying how much you're like fidgeting, how much you're moving, how many steps you're getting throughout the day. It's the number that dictates how your body processes energy. So are you active throughout the day? Are you going for multiple walks or are you fidgeting throughout the day? Like, do you talk with your hands? All of those things play into that non-exercise activity. And that is where I focus a lot with my clients and especially in navigating nutrition. It's okay. Where is the other movement that you're getting? And the reason is because we have all different systems in our body that only work if we have adequate lymphatic flow and blood flow and we don't get those things in oxygen flow. We don't get those if our body is not moving. A stagnant body creates, um, stagnancy creates, uh, I'm gonna call it disease for now, but it's just a matter of sickness, essentially. Stagnation creates sickness. So if you're not moving the rest of the time, think of all of the stale blood, stale lymph, stale oxygen that's just sitting in your body. If you've ever felt like you are overwhelmed or you're um, really tired and then you get up and you go for a walk and you immediately feel better, it's literally because you're now just promoting new, fresh oxygen, blood flow, and lymph flow into your body. And that's literally just all you need sometimes to feel better. Yeah, absolutely. I love that because we preach quite a bit of that as well. And I, we always get the question of, or like a lot of people talk about the 10 K steps, right. And like getting out and moving mm -hmm. and yeah, there's not a, like a lot of research around 10,000 steps, but I don't give a shit what gets you up and out of your seat. If you have to wear an activity tracker, cause it forces you to get up cause you're obsessed with your steps. Cool. Like go out and do that. I don't like them, but if it gets you to take more steps and be more active throughout the day, cool. But I mean, even people who appear like fit or who actually are fit, they can still very well be like the the quote unquote active couch potato, right? You can train really hard for 60 to 90 minutes a day, <laughs> <laughs> raising your hand. And then yeah. you can be, I mean, we're all three of us are probably guilty of it. And then you can be sedentary for the other 16 hours that you're awake because you're sitting at your desk on your computer working or you come home, you're exhausted, you sit on the couch, you watch TV. Yeah. And I raised my hand because that was me when I was not my healthiest. And let me tell you, I looked healthy. I looked fit. I looked like I was doing everything right. And I had zero energy to do anything aside from go to the gym and go to work. And that to me felt like, well, I guess this is normal because like it's just happening, but it was really important feedback that I had ignored until I couldn't eat anything until I herniated two discs in my back until I couldn't lift my arm over my head because I like fucked my shoulder so royally that it just wouldn't move anymore. And I'm, I get so passionate about it because like all of that happened at once. It wasn't just like one happened and then another happened and then another happened. It was like, I got hit in the face with a hockey puck because I was not listening to like the simple things like getting enough sleep, 
making sure that I was hydrated. You know how much coffee I had during that entire time? Because that's literally what was helping me stay afloat. Like all of these things that seem too simple to make an impact are the things that I neglected for so long that I couldn't do anything. So I'm just laughing and, and that's why um, I raised my hand because that was literally me because I had no energy to do anything. Oh yeah. I mean, I literally was the same. I still am the same way sometimes. Ashley, yeah, it's you're, like, you're not great. It's I like pulling sense. teeth to get me to go on a walk with the dog. <laughs> my mother, we were just with them for the 4th of July. She even looked at me. Ashley was like, Hey, do you want to go for a walk? And I was like, no, I'm probably going to have to walk later. <laughs> and my mom goes, you know, you can walk twice. Like you can go for a second walk, but it's one of the things where you do, you do overlook and underestimate the power of movement, right? Like the, just moving mm-hmm. throughout your day. I always tell people that they underestimate walking. I just use that as a specific example because walking yeah. is fucking powerful. You yeah. can yes. do a lot to your health by walking. Derek's on this kick too of like, <laughs> this, this shouldn't be creepy, but like if we see our neighbors like consistently go for walks, you, you literally have been pointing them out and been like, Good for them. Like they, they're getting out. They're moving. I yeah. love that. But yeah, it is. I can personally say I think going from a job of coaching where you're up and moving the entire day to starting your own business, being with COVID, being in front of a computer, my body <laughs> drastically hurt with that difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Well, sweet. Yeah. Okay, so we know now those three movements really important. Go walk, people. And then <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, last one would be nutrition, right? So obviously the yes. name of your company is Navigating Nutrition. So this would probably be the biggest tenant or one of the biggest that you're focusing on. So uh, I know we can dive down a bunch of rabbit holes, but just as an, in a nutshell, an overarching kind of umbrella theme, how do you approach nutrition with your with the 12-week course? Because obviously one-on-one, you can go all different ways. So in that 12-week course, oh, yeah. what are, how are you doing that? So we focus on three things primarily, quality, quantity, and variety. So that's kind of how I've boiled it down for Navigating Nutrition specifically. Like you said, in one-on-one, we go down rabbit holes because there's so many things that are so individual to each person that um, we can do that in one-on-one coaching where in Navigating Nutrition, it still makes a huge difference because you're focusing on the things that really will move the needle enough. So when you look at quality, you're looking at, are you eating high quality sources of whole and unprocessed foods? And we dive into what that means and how to find those quality sources of foods, mainly like what are all of the different certifications and the different labels like organic or pasture raised and regeneratively raised all these different things. We dive deep into that and we dive into okay, what does it mean to eat that way? And what does that look like for different budgets? How do we make that work for everybody? And then when we look at quantity, we dive into how to use your macros, how to track them, how to weigh your foods, how to plan ahead, how to meal plan and prep, because there's not one way to do all of these things. And there's things that that do have to happen for it to be a success, like weighing your food accurately, um, tracking your food accurately, things like that. But then how you do it really depends on you as a person and what works for your lifestyle. Um, And we focus a lot on figuring out what that is for you specifically. So we go through the tools and then you kind of apply it to your life within the program so that you're getting the support you need as you go. And then in terms of variety, We talk a lot about, and I know you guys talk about this too, but your food choices play a huge role in your health. But more than that, the variety of foods that you're getting play more of a role. Because if you think about the different colors of fruits and vegetables, those are all different nutrients that make them up. So if you're only getting the same color all of the time, and I always use, um, When I was in college, I followed a bodybuilding diet and it was chicken, rice, and broccoli every single day. Classic. So yeah, right? This is the classic one or um, halibut. I remember that one was really big too. Mm, Tilapia was a big one. Green, Uh, yep. So (laughs) if you're constantly eating the same colors, like white and green, 
then you're only getting nutrients from those specific things. So think about the overload you're getting of those specific nutrients and think about all of the other ones that you're not getting because you're only eating chicken, rice, and broccoli. So it becomes a really big issue when now you're starting to have too much of whatever those nutrients are that it's causing a reaction in your body and you're not getting enough of the other things that are causing other reactions to happen within your body. So we focus on getting that variety in our proteins, in our fats, in our carbohydrates, so that you're getting a variety of the nutrients so that your body is managing all of the systems that require the different nutrients. So that variety is a hugely important piece of your nutrition. Yeah, I love that. Now, let me ask you this, because we, I think we approach it a little bit differently with each individual person, but overall, mm -hmm. If you had to take somebody and you said, hey, all right, here's a deal. We're going to focus on, like you just mentioned, quality, quantity, variety, but you have to put them in an order of priority. Are you putting variety mm. last? Like, would you rather someone nail down, hey, I'm eating real nutrient-dense foods. I'm eating them like in adequate amounts and I'm, I'm crushing it, right? Like I'm, I'm doing what I need to do but variety's lacking a little bit. Like, would you rather have that individual or would you rather say, hey, we need to just hit the variety right now, like nip it in the bud in the beginning? I, I go variety first. Got it. Yeah. Just because it doesn't matter how nutrient dense your foods are, if you're getting the same nutrients over and over and over again, like, yeah, that's great to a certain point, but it's going to create that imbalance. So I want, I would rather you, if you're not going to focus on, um, eating organic, which for some people that's not feasible and that's okay. Um, can you focus on getting a different vegetable with every meal or at yeah. least a different vegetable every week? Yeah. I love that. I think that's the weekly thing I like a lot because I think it's way more manageable for, manageable for some yeah. people to think, okay, I don't need to make right. 27 different things this week. I just need to make these three and then next week I'll switch those three up. Now, kind of yeah. along those same lines, it's a good segue you, I believe I read on your website, right? Are a regener regenerative rancher. Got to get that yes. out the right way. Just real quick <laughs> before we keep going, like, what does that mean exactly for anyone who hasn't heard that term? And like, what does it look like for your and Gabe's day-to-day -day life right now? Ooh, so um, as a regenerative rancher, we've got um, our main focus here at our at our ranch is regenerating the soil so taking carbon from the air and bringing it back into the soil and what that does is it creates a lot healthier and more nutrient dense system so we raise livestock and a big piece of the reason we're doing that is because livestock are what help sequester that carbon from the atmosphere and bring it back into the ground so they are tilling the soil there. We've got cows and we've got sheep and pigs. So our cows, they have these like spade shaped hooves and they're pushing into the ground. So they're kind of like disturbing the soil. And then their poop is super nutrient dense and it's got all of these different fertilizers that are really great for the soil. So as they go around and they turn up the soil, their poop is coming in and, and re-fertilizing it. So it's just bringing life back into the soil itself. And a big piece of why we do this is because it is so incredibly important to us to be able to educate people on why that matters so much. And the way that our system is working right now, the way that the food system is working, it's depleting all the nutrients from the soil. So the, the fruits and veggies, the produce that you're getting, the animal proteins that you're getting from a conventionally raised system they're not as nutrient dense as they were hundreds of years ago, just because we've taken the life out of the soil. So if we can start to give back and start to understand how animal input affects the soil and how we can make a difference in that by voting with our dollars, choosing organic over um, conventional when we can, those things make a huge difference in terms of how our food will be produced. And then that makes a huge difference in terms of the nutrients we're getting from those foods. So that is the spiel for regenerative agriculture. I love it. I literally had no clue. I, I came into the kitchen the other night and I said to Ashley, I'm like, hey, they call themselves regenerative ranchers. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to ask her about it on the <laughs> podcast because 
Yeah. I didn't know if it meant like, yeah, we just raise our livestock and then like butcher it and we, it's just all self-sustaining. Like we're on, we're, uh, I can't think of the name right now, but essentially like we're just a self-sustaining like unit, this, this ranch mm-hmm. or like, obviously you just explained it has a lot to do with the soil and, and everything like that. Yeah. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Now, do you guys actually butcher animals out there? So we haven't yet, but we have our first two pigs that are up. They're going to be butchered in August. So it's coming. So it's legit. Emotionally prepare. I was going to say, I don't think I could do it. I think (laughs) Ashley actually said the other night, like maybe they named the animals. Didn't you say that to me? No, I just. We did name some of them. Did you? Yeah, that's so hard. Yeah. Yeah, you can't yeah. can't name them moving forward. Got to keep them nameless. <laughs> yeah, yep. The pigs don't have names. They're Mister and Mrs. Pig, just for simplicity. But yeah, it's it's been a lot. Yeah, pig one and pig two might be better next time. Don't give them the Mister and Mrs. Yeah. <laughs> did yeah. did you know that you always wanted to like get into that, or like what inspired you both no. to like start this? So I. This was a lot of my health journey, honestly. It was because I started shifting my focus away from manipulating my macros to like change my body composition to understanding food quality and how that affected my body. That became really apparent to me that it was so important. And as I started teaching other people the same thing, it became even more important to me. And then we watched a documentary, um, this had to have been over a year ago now. And we watched the biggest little farm for the little big it. farm. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. You have, that's homework. You have to watch it. So that and um, golden girls got it. That and golden girls. Yes. If you watch two things, those are the two things. Um, so we watched that movie and it's about this couple that moves from the city in LA into this um, farm that is completely run down, completely lifeless. And they, they create this entirely self-sustaining system. And so that watching that was kind of the catalyst for us thinking, you know, we could do something like that on a smaller scale, I think. So that's kind of where it started. And then, yeah, um, that was it. it. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Kind of like the starting place. Yeah. Yeah, good for you guys to actually like take the the action needed to get there and make it happen because I'm sure that wasn't uh, yeah. that was probably somewhat terrifying. Now, do you like run classes? I don't know if that's a silly question. Like, how do you teach people about Derek's looking at me like I have ten heads? <laughs> I don't know where well, you're going. So we like, how does she teach? We have the Instagram. Okay, like we have the Instagram account, and so that's a big piece of it. And then the other piece is, you know, we we offer tours so you can come See, that's the class to the farm I was talking and, about yeah that's the class that's it um yeah that's that's really the two things that we do right now so we're hoping to offer retreats soon in the future but right now it's it's uh tours that are weekends like come on over anytime if you're ever in Seguin, texas and uh the instagram <laughs> very cool that's awesome love it uh well we kind of got sidetracked but that was all awesome uh and literally awesome. those were like probably the most the questions that i wanted to ask most because i had no idea what the hell that was <laughs> uh, but so going back to the four pillars of health we talked about all four and something that i know ashley is super passionate about and that we implement quite a bit is just focusing on habit development right and consistency and mm-hmm. sustainability so i wanted to just chat real quick about how those two things are related, how we take habits, behaviors, and utilize consistency and sustainability to integrate or improve those four habits of health within our lives. I'm assuming, because I think I heard you talk about it on a previous podcast, habit stacking is like a big thing. So did you read Atomic Habits by James Clear? You know what? I've not, I've never read the entire book. How silly is that? I've read so many pieces of it. Yeah. I've read so many pieces of it, but I've never read it from start to finish. However, one of the biggest things that I got from it was understanding that it does take just one thing focusing on it at a time. And once you, once it becomes the thing that you no longer have to think about, 
then you add on to it and then you add on to it. And a big piece of it and a really big piece of what we focus on with my one-on-one clients and with navigating nutrition is celebrating every time you accomplish the thing that you're trying to do. And that celebration of those little wins accumulates because whatever you put your focus on is where your energy is going to go. So if you're focusing on the wins, you're focusing on the things that are going well, more things are going to go well, more things are going to happen that are aligned with that because that's where your focus is going. Same way though, if you're focusing on what's not going well and what you're not doing and what's not working for you, you're just going to continue to find things that are not working for you. Yeah. hundred percent. What is it? Is it the self-fulfilling prophecy when like you're, you're thinking about something all the time and then you start seeing it more and more. Is that what I'm in the right term, right? Like it's confirmation bias, self-fulfilling prophecy. There you go. Yeah. Confirmation bias. That was the other one I was looking for, but yeah, you're a hundred percent right. If you can celebrate those small wins, you're going to, it's, it's like riding the wave. You're going to start gaining momentum and it's going to lead to to good things there. So the biggest thing I think, or the takeaway with that is you have to utilize and develop these habits so that the habits eventually become something that is second nature. So then you're not thinking about it. So that where is where the consistency comes in. And that's also where sustainability comes in as well. So when you're addressing each of those four pieces, are you addressing one at a time? Like you're saying, Hey, focus on sleep. Then we'll worry about X, Y, and Z, or is it really a holistic approach of, Hey, we're going to pick one thing for each of these four pillars. Focus on that. When those things become second nature, we'll move on to the next piece you know, it really depends on the person. And that's like the quintessential nutrition coach answer, but it does because if your stress bucket is so full that you can only take on one thing, what's the thing that's going to make the most difference. If you're somebody that maybe has a little bit more room, a little bit more mental capacity to take on more. Okay. What are the things from each of those categories that are going to make a difference? Or maybe there's a combination of two things that you can do. So it does, it kind of depends on the person. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a fair answer. We would probably give the exact same answer if, if we were asked that question. Well, awesome. So kind of wrapping yeah. things up here, cause again, we don't want to take up all of your time, but if you could leave everyone listening with one or two bits of just like simple, simple, practical advice that they can apply, you know, today or tomorrow morning to just move the needle, just, you know, one, one tick what would those be essentially like what are the two big things that someone can do that isn't going to be too overwhelming that will make give them the most bang for their buck and get them pointed in the right direction okay no one's gonna like this answer (laughs) drink more water and eat more protein love it i love it yeah i love it too (laughs) so two people (laughs) the other two coaches all the everybody else hates us yeah yeah everybody, like, everybody no, else is no like what's that simple yeah what's the magic program where's where's the next one yeah, uh, yeah i love anything. that answer but those it's so true if they if you can do those two things if you can drink more water which you definitely can and eat more protein which you definitely can and those are two very simple things i think people will be shocked how it would actually impact their health and yeah I mean, I don't, I don't really know what else to say. I think yeah. everybody would just highly, highly underestimate those two pieces, but they're incredibly important yeah. and effective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree more. They totally awesome. are. Well, uh, I almost just said Ariel. Ariel, <laughs> if people want to find out more about you, what you do, your one-on-one coaching, navigating nutrition, where's the best place to find all of that information? So Instagram is by far the best place to find all of the things. Um, I... Instagram handle is at Ariel underscore bloom and you can find me. You can find things about the farm. You can find things about navigating nutrition. All of it's there. Hell yeah. Love it. Uh, anything else to add there, Ash? I don't think so. I just know you mentioned, do you have a program coming up? Yes. That's super exciting. So when does that start? So Navigating Nutrition, the next round starts July 19th. So if you want to talk more about it, if you want to know more about it, it's the link in my bio, but you can also DM me on Instagram and we'll chat because I literally will talk about it with anyone and I'm happy to hop on a call with anyone that has questions. Perfect. That's super exciting. That's soon. Yeah. Yes, I know. 
<laughs> she's like i know i'm in the back i can see the whiteboard there's stuff on it she's like yeah i got i got shit oh going yeah on. there's stuff happening back here it's called well, the that's, war room yeah yeah <laughs> the war room yeah well that's awesome uh ariel thank you so much for coming on the show i uh, love the conversation uh loved all the answers that you gave and we ha- i know we had a good time hopefully you did as well and yeah anybody listening Last. don't forget what was it july 9th right is July the 19th. 19th oh 19th today's my bad yeah today's the ninth. <laughs> that's what i meant 19th right uh so if you want to learn more about navigating nutrition hit ariel up she would love to chat with you about it but other than that hopefully we can have you on the show again sometime in the near future yes would love it thanks guys hey guys thank you so much for listening to the podcast first and foremost if you are interested in learning more about navigating nutrition that's ariel's 12-week course be sure to send her a DM on Instagram. She is more than happy to hop on a call and chat with you and give you all the details and information that you need. Again, that starts on July 19th, so make sure you do so if you're interested. And as always, whether this is your first time tuning into the show or with your, if you're with us each and every week, we cannot thank you enough. I just want to take a second to express our gratitude because if it were not for all of you, we would not be able to keep showing up each and every week and just reach people and change lives through this platform. So if you enjoy what you hear on the show, please do us a favor and head over to Apple, leave a five-star review, leave a comment in there as well. That's how we expand our reach and change even more lives. If you listen on Spotify, that's cool. You can do the same thing there. We just are so thankful to have all of you and would really, really appreciate if you're able to hop over on one of those platforms and leave us a review. Lastly, if you're not following us across all of our other platforms, what the hell are you doing? Get on Instagram, get on TikTok, get on Facebook, get on YouTube, like or subscribe or follow all of those channels. We're bringing you value across all those platforms each and every day. As always, we appreciate you being here with us, guys. And until next time, we hope you have a fantastic week.